Welcome to Bible Insights with Wayne Conrad. God's Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Today's topic, Why Christians Believe God is Triune. There are two traditional responses in Christian worship that demonstrate the Christian belief that the one God named Yahweh in the Old Testament is triune. That is, that God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. These two musical expressions are a doxology, that is, a word in praise of the triune God. It is often used in Protestant worship. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above you, heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost is the old expression. Today, we usually simply say Holy Spirit. A newer version in our praise hymnal reads, Praise God from whom all blessings flow in heaven above and earth below. One God, three persons we adore. To him be praise forevermore. Perhaps you've heard the more frequent Gloria Patria, which dates all the way back to the ancient church. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Amen. World without end is an old expression meaning eternally or forever. The scripture verses that seem to be expressing this truth most concisely in the New Testament are the commission of Christ Jesus to his disciples recorded in Matthew 28, beginning at verse 18. Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And the apostolic benediction of 2 Corinthians 13, verse 14. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. These verses require a belief that God is three in one and one in three. They can really be understood in no other way. For the three are treated on equal plane. But it may come as a new thought to you that the primary reason Christians believe in the Trinity is because of some statements that Jesus made in the Upper Room Discourse, which he gave to his apostles before his crucifixion. Now, by the term Trinity, we mean that the one eternal living God exists in a fellowship, a communion of interpersonal centers of awareness. Jesus expresses these facts in his own words about how he and the Father and the Spirit relate to one another and then relate to us. A central truth in these words can also be found in Jesus' words that are recorded in Matthew eleven twenty-seven, which reads, All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son wants to reveal him. So let's listen to Jesus' words spoken in the upper room. And from these words, we come to understand this central truth 
of the triune nature of Almighty God. To know God is to have an eternal life, is to have eternal life. And to know Him, we must know Him in the Son, Christ Jesus, and by the Holy Spirit. Reading from John chapter 14, beginning at verse 5. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How are we able to know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and it's enough for us. Jesus said to him, Am I with you so long a time and you've not known me, Philip? The one who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak from myself, but the Father residing in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. But if not, believe because of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, the one who believes in me, the works that I am doing, he will do also. And he will do greater works than these because I am going to the Father. And whatever you ask in my name, I will do this in order that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. But if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, in order that he may be with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world is not able to receive, because it does not see him or know him. You know him because he resides with you, and will be in you. Notice here that Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit as another advocate. The word in the original Greek language is paraclete, which means, according to the Greek analytical lexicon, one called or sent to assist another, an advocate, one who pleads the cause of another. Generally, it means one present to render various beneficial services, and thus paraclete, whose influence and operation were to be or were to compensate for the departure of Christ himself. In other words, he's one like Christ who will come along beside his followers. This word is also variously translated in English translations as comforter, helper, friend, counselor, and intercessor. Jesus continues in John 14 and verse 18. I will not leave you as orphans. I am coming to you. Yet a little while, and the world will see me no longer. But you will see me, because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. The one who has my commandments and keeps him, that one is the one who loves me. And the one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will reveal myself to him. Verse 22. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, why is it that you're going to reveal yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and will take up residence with him. The one who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. John 14, 26, But the Advocate, The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, that one will teach you all things. It will remind you of everything that I said to you. 
John chapter 15, verse 26. When the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, that one will testify about me. Then turning to John chapter 16, verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, Jesus says, it's for your benefit that I go away. Because if I don't go away, the counselor will not come to you. If I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will convict the world about sin, righteousness, and judgment. About sin, because they do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I am going to the Father, and you will no longer see me. And about judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. I still have many things to tell you, but you can't hear them now. But when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak in his own, but he will speak whatever he hears. He will also declare to you what is to come. He will glorify me, because he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. Everything the Father has is mine. That is why I told you that he takes from what is mine and will declare it to you. Verse 26. One day, on that day, you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I will ask the Father on your behalf. Father, Father himself loves you because you've loved me and have believed that I came from God. I've gone out from the Father and I've come into the world and again I'm leaving the world. I'm going to the Father. Then we turn to John chapter 17. Jesus' high priestly prayer to the Father. Jesus said these things and lifting up his eyes to heaven he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son in order that your Son may glorify you, just as you have given him authority over all flesh, in order that he would give eternal life to them, everyone whom you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have glorified you on earth by completing the work that you have given me to do. And now, Father, Glorify me at your side with the glory that I had at your side before the world existed. Verse 24. Father, those whom you have given to me, I want that those also may be with me where I am in order that they may see the glory that you've given me because you love me before the foundation of the world. I've read to you some rather extensive portions from John chapter 14 through 17. But I hope you're beginning to grasp something of the mutual work of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and their mutual identity of being in accomplishing together the saving work of God among and in his people. Now let me give you some observations, some summary statements based on some of these words of Jesus to his disciples. First, the Father and the Son have a shared and mutual love for one another from all eternity. John 14, 27, Father, those whom you have given to me, I want that they also may be with me where I am, in order that they may see my glory that you have given me, because you love me before the foundation of the world and they share a mutual glory. The Father is glorified in the Son, John 14, 13. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Second, 
The only access we have to the Father, to God, is by and through and in the Son, Messiah, or Christ Jesus. John 14, verse 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Third, there is a mutual indwelling of the Father and the Son. John 14, 11, Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. Another passage in John's Gospel that relates this truth is found in chapter 1 and verse 18. No one has seen God at any time, the one and only God, the one who is in the bosom of the Father, that one has made him known. That's the Lexham English Bible translation. Hear the word from the ESV. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Fourthly, to see Christ is to see the Father because Christ is the revelation of the Father and shares the same essence and attributes as in fact do all three persons of the one God. John 14, 9. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Next, the only way to know the Father is to know the Son, because by the Holy Spirit, Jesus reveals the nature and the attributes of the Father to us. Next, Jesus as the ascended Lord is made known to us by the Holy Spirit. John sixteen seven. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father, and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. Next, plural pronouns such as we, us, and our are used of the Father and Son when there is an emphasis on what they mutually do together. John fourteen twenty three, Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. In addition, to the masculine, in addition, the masculine personal pronoun is used of the Holy Spirit consistently. These are just some of the observations that compel us to understand God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Hear the words of this magnificent hymn that expresses this glorious truth and bow in worship before His Majesty. Holy Father, Holy Son, Holy Spirit, three we name you, while in essence only one. Undivided God we claim you, and adoring bend the knee, while we own the mystery. This is the God whom we worship and serve. This has been Wayne Conrad with Bible Insights. May Yahweh The eternal God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless us 
with the glorious knowledge of himself in and through his Son, Christ Jesus.